I do not believe that any of us would exchange places with any other people or any other generation. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And the glow from that fire can truly light the world. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. This is our time to put our people back to work and open doors of opportunity for our kids, to restore prosperity and promote the cause of peace, to reclaim the American dream and reaffirm that fundamental truth that out of many we are one, that while we breathe we hope, and where we are met with cynicism and doubt and those who tell us that we can't, we will respond with that timeless creed that sums up the spirit of a people. Yes, we can. Welcome to Missouri Matters. I'm your host, Henry Martin, and today we're talking to Mitch Wren about the VA and its uh, usefulness to the community and the veterans that have served and how we can look to restructure the VA or to make sure, ensure that our veterans receive care wherever they choose to live. America is marred in its longest period of war ever. And we have fewer and fewer of our fellow brothers, brothers and sisters that are serving our, our, in our United States Armed Forces. We owe our brothers and sisters that protect the freedoms that we hold so dearly the best care possible when they are done with their service. Hopefully, after we finish today, you'll see that it is more than just about maintaining the status quo. Thank you for tuning in. Hi, and welcome to Missouri Matters with Henry Martin. We are here today with Mitch Wren, candidate for Missouri House District 6. We're, ple- we're pleased to have you here. How are you today, Mitch? I'm doing real well, Henry. Thanks for, thanks for giving me this opportunity to be with you this evening. Well, Mitch, we're here today to talk to you about veterans' issues. So what branch did you serve, and how long did you serve? Uh, I was in the U.S. Navy from uh, 1970 to 1974, and uh, I was in uh, communications as a radioman for those four years and uh, started out in San Diego and finally ended up in the British Isles, specifically uh, in uh, Northern Ireland is where I spent pretty close to uh, three and a half years over there. So. Uh, I really didn't see much sea duty. I, I, so I was more or less stationed uh, on shore duty for, for those times at a, at a communication site over there. So, Well, uh, thank you for your service. Uh, that's from one vet to another. Uh, me, personally, I served my time in the U.S. Army. <laughs> we uh, we tell, tell a lot of jokes about 
the Navy. I think uh, Army Navy go back a million years. Uh, we we uh, jokingly called you squids. Um, my yeah. my uh, my nephew will be commissioned into the U.S. Navy here in the next couple of weeks. He's uh, graduated from Naval Academy. So wow, yeah. So you, that's great. Yeah, that's great. You've accessed your VA healthcare benefit. What has been your experience? You know, there are a lot of stories in the news about the quality of and the access to care. What has been yours? Well, uh, actually, mine started after after I retired uh, from the railroad after 36 years. Uh, I thought uh, I should give a little something back uh, because uh, I really enjoyed my 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 time in the Navy. So what I did was uh, right after I retired, I uh, I volunteered at the Columbia VA Hospital. So three times a week, I would I would from Marceline, I would travel down to Columbia and spend maybe like four hours down there at the VA hospital. That's when I really started to sign up for uh, you know getting my my VA card, signing up down there uh, at the VA. My time down there, uh, I spent two years down there off and on volunteering work down there, and I, I found that particular facility to probably be one of the best uh, I think we have in the country. It, it is a fantastic it's a fantastic place down there. I never heard one bad word about the Columbia VA uh, facility, and I'd have to agree that it, it's probably the top-notch uh, facilities that we have. That place is very, very busy all every day. Five days a week, when you know when when the uh, vets come in for their checkups or appointments or or things like that, but that's how I got, you know, my start in the in the VA administration procedure myself. So uh, it was a good it was a good experience. I uh, got to meet a lot of people and uh, a lot of the staff, and uh, I thought it was very educational. So. It's 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 kind of sad in a way when you when you do volunteer work down here you see all different kinds of people with all different types of of ailments and uh, you know it 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 does your heart good to say that you're you know you're you're giving a little something back really uh, and uh, I I think that's what I brought out of it mostly more than anything. Your experience has been positive, but what about others? How many former vets have to choose to be close to post or a VA center? instead of going to the place they call home? Well, I know it's, uh, I'm not here in a rural area uh, in Marceline, a population of 2,300 people. I gotta tell you, it's, it's hard for, for, uh, for veterans really to uh, travel from Marceline clear down to, uh, down to Columbia, almost an hour and a half or so drive the VA facility down there. Now, granted, if 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 the uh, if the appointments are booked up, you've got an option after so long to make your appointment at a local facility, you know, like your doctor or something like here locally. But that doesn't happen very often. Uh, so I would say for us out here in the rural area, transportation. You know, you'd almost if if you can't drive yourself, you have to find somebody. Although they do have small minivans down there that will branch out from Columbia uh, and pick veterans up, but 
there I don't think there really are enough of them, and uh, most of those drivers are volunteer workers themselves. So I would say access uh, was prob- would probably be my number one concern for uh, guys and gals who don't live that close to a to a VA hospital. That that would be my number one, I think, for us out here. Based on all the information and what you've shared with us today, what might a fix to the VA look like? I would say uh, if we had better, like I said, close-in clinics that that veterans could probably go to that wouldn't be so far away uh, would probably be beneficial. You know, our clinics, our rural hospitals are, are suffering like never before. We used to have a hospital here in Marsling. We don't. We we no longer have a have a hospital here. Uh, we do have a small clinic, but uh, as far as people getting their their intensity care that they need, uh, that's that's a big problem out here. It, uh, you know, reaching out. I would also mention on this on this topic as well, and this has been one of my points when I when I talk to people about veterans' issues, which is one of my seven points of the compass, I call it, is the veterans' issue. And, uh, of course, one of them deals with, you know, you hear a lot of talk today, they want to, on the federal level, they want to privatize the VA. Well, I'm totally against privatizing the Veterans Administration. I think that would be a huge mistake, and uh, we fight that. Uh, that's one thing we have to do. I I feel that myself. Uh, they'll cut uh, they'll cut the facilities. They'll cut uh, different care provided to people. Uh, and I just think all around privatizing a a big organization like the Veterans Administration, which is a big part of the, the you know federal side of it would be a big mistake. So uh, I encourage everybody to kind of keep their eye on the ball when they ever bring up this, uh, this topic. Well, we have to be fair. There are those that would say that privatization would lead to better care. How might privatization change the level of care? How might we see changes in the care? And what might you expect to see from a privatized VA system? Well, I would probably, uh, I'd probably be careful about the the physicians, what kind of oversight the whole system would have when it comes to, uh, you know, nurses and uh, radiologists and specialized uh, medical personnel. I think we need the oversight there. Even though we have, a, we have good facilities in this country, we still need oversight. In the past, there's been a couple of, of of VA hospitals that have kind of slipped through the cracks and nobody kept their eye on the ball, and uh, they turned out to be pretty bad facilities, but not all of them are like that. Now, if we go to a privatized system, uh, it just worries me that there being hardly any or none oversight in it uh, in the system, uh, that would be a that would be a big problem. At least right now on the federal level, we 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 at least have federal control 
and uh, they have to go through an inspection system, hopefully getting the best uh, medical teams, best medical doctors, nurses, practitioners, uh, you know, it runs the whole gambit of, of the medical field. I'd like to see that continue. Okay, to summarize, you're afraid of costs rising. While currently costs are controlled by the government, privatization would lead to market control, which means higher costs given the current state of the market. Is this where you're hit? You're going with this situation? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you took the words right out of my mouth. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. Well, this this is a a big deal. Um, and let's let's get back to another question uh, from from earlier with our with our servicemen and women as they retire from service do you think that access to care influences where they choose to retire yes i i i think it is uh i know a lot of service uh, men and women that you know once once they retire once they put their their required number of years in uh you know a lot of them like myself chose to come back to my home roots. I've known several people that that had to call neighbors or friends or family members maybe to, you know, to transport them uh, that hour and a half drive down there to Columbia, you know, just, uh, just to get the care that they need. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you retire on a big military base or something like that, uh, a lot of people stay close to those big installations like San Diego and and San Francisco and, you know, up the East Coast. And they more or less stay, a lot of them sometimes, uh, you know, stay in those big military cities and, and places like that. But I, uh, I know I just know a lot of them that uh, put their time in out here, uh, you know, choose to come back to a small town. That's that's what Marsh Lane is, a small town. So it's kind of worrisome for, for a lot of people. Uh, uh, ex-military uh, that I've I've been in contact with and and have talked to and I just I would just hate to see uh, you know funding discontinued for you know for anybody like that it's, that it finds it hard to to get uh, travel reimbursement even you know for going that that far away so that's that's my take on that I we've covered a lot of ground here. As fellow veterans, we can agree that it's important to provide care for our brothers and sisters in arms, both while, both while and after they serve. But we are struggling to effectively manage all of the ailments and the suicide attempts and the, and the actual suicides and other issues plaguing vets. We must take a long look at this issue uh, to find a solution. What else would you like to tell our listeners about you and this issue as we wrap this up? I've got one final thing to go over, Henry, that I have been bringing out. In fact, I just brought it out locally uh, in my district uh, and especially in the, in the press here, which uh, covers veterans' issues. That's one of my seven points, as, as, as I have mentioned to you. We here in Marston about two years ago took on a project to establish a, a veterans' home 
here in Marceline, and uh, we have a, a former hospital here. We were going, the city was going to uh, just give over that facility to the VA. So what happened was we got ready, we got people or kids or, or, or Legion Post or Veterans Issues, uh, some of the citizens. We spent a week out there at that hospital cleaning it up, getting it ready for an inspection to bring up our lawmakers from Jefferson City to tour the facility. Well, they pulled the plug on us once, and we rescheduled. We were going to roll out the red carpet for all of them, get, get them on a tour bus and bring them up here. Also have them, uh, while they were here, feed them lunch, and they could tour, tour the Walt Disney Home Museum and just, you know, kind of like I said, roll out the red car carpet. And so we rescheduled again, and they pulled the plug on us again for, for the second time. Well, uh, I guess I could, I could go on for a long time on this, but to, to make a long story short, the state tried to push a bond, a $63 million bond, which we didn't need. We thought we could do that project out here since the building is already up and it's really good shape. Probably get that uh, up and running for a veteran's home for probably about $10 million. I don't know where they came up with a $63 million bond down there. But anyway, in the end, it fell through the cracks and it never, it, it never bared fruit. Uh, and, and it collapsed. We didn't know anything about this at all. They, uh, our representative didn't, didn't let the people here know anything, what was going on. As you know as well as I do, a bill has to go through many steps before, before it clears uh, either house down there in Jefferson City. Well, we weren't informed about anything, how the progress was going or nothing. So basically, uh, we got played big time. And uh, uh, we're trying again, or I'm trying again, I should say. I'm bringing this to the forefront that uh, I will not stop until Marceline gets this veteran's home. And here's some, here's, some, here's some facts and figures of why I think we need another home uh, in Missouri. First of all, a 1,000 citizens locally signed a petition when we got this thing off the ground in favor of a veteran's home being established in Marceline. And it would not only serve Lynn County, which is in Marceline, but it would also serve the surrounding counties. Because there are seven veterans' homes in the state, each, each home holds between 150 and 200 beds. Each facility has about 185 to 200 employees 24-7. Now, that equals to a lot of jobs. And believe me, we out here in the rural area, especially in Marceline, need those jobs, any type of jobs. Generally, there's nine months to a year wait in Missouri right now for a person who wants to be admitted to a veteran's home. And uh, Lynn County right now has an average of about a thousand former veterans. So you put all those numbers together, and there is a need for one. That's why I am making that a priority. If I'm fortunate enough to be elected as Missouri Sixth District Representative, to push on this issue and make this uh, 
make this a reality. So I'm not going to give up on it. I'm going to still fight. I'm going to jump in the trenches, and I'm I'm not going to rest until I get it done. So I guess uh, that would be my my closing statement for you for for you tonight, Henry. So that's all I got for you. Well, thank you again, Mitch, for coming on. Um, we we have a big job here if we are going to make sure that the people who protect our nation are taken care of after they serve. This is a long, tough road to hoe, and a lot needs to be done. Thank you, too, Henry. Thank you for your service. I appreciate it, too. Thank you. All right. You've been listening to Missouri Matters with Henry Martin. My guest today has been Mitch Rent, candidate for Missouri House District 6. Today we've talked about the Veterans Administration and what it means to veterans in rural areas getting to getting the care that they need. Fewer and fewer Americans as a whole are serving our nation. We have 1% of the population serving and protecting our freedoms around the world. America has been marred and it's is marred currently marred in its longest war ever. More and more of our brothers and sisters in arms have come back with injuries that are difficult to describe and difficult to treat. And they've been tethered to post hospitals or VA hospitals to receive their care. It is high time that we recognize the fact that we owe our servicemen and women access to the care that they require, not just need, but they require to lead the healthy and productive lives that they've they they protected us so that we could have the health, the productive lives that we've had. We have to start putting our money where our mouth is. Mitch and I talked about the possibility of privatization of the VA system. Privatization of the VA system might lead to inflated costs like we're seeing in our in the regular system. The VA controls those costs by bidding out its services centralizing services. So it caps the the amount of reimbursement that doctors will receive based on the care given. There's no single fix for the VA system, but I do know this, that when a serviceman or woman leaves the service, they should be able to go to the place that they call home and live out their lives in a fruitful and productive way. Affording the opportunity to a serviceman and woman, man or woman to go to their local hospital, to their local doctor, should be our goal. Our veterans' health care conundrum is our national health care conundrum. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out on Facebook at Missouri Matters. Follow us on Twitter at Mo Matters Pod. Thank you for your time.